Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My friends and I were hiking back down a trail and didn't realize how dark it would get so quickly. We somehow got confused and took a wrong turn. I noticed an overturned shopping cart and said we went the wrong way. As we turned around to backtrack we heard some rustling in the bushes. We had flashlights but none that were that good or powerful. We shined the light and all we could see was half of a stark white face peeking out at us from behind a tree. It looked like a mask but it had no facial features other than eyes. We sprinted down the trail and back to our car. When we got to the car there was an old dirty kid's doll on it. We jumped in the car and drove 500 miles per hour out of there and never spoke of it again. I was a teen and was heading back home late one night after hanging out at a friend's. My parents were gone and I would knock on my sister's window and she would let me in, or leave the back porch light on and the door unlocked. I walked through a well-lit neighborhood and down an alleyway. As I was walking through the neighborhood a little red car sped past me out of nowhere. I was a little alarmed but thought nothing of it. A few minutes later I was jolted out of my skin when the same car drove by going so slow I didn't hear it or notice it until it was right next to me. I ran away and went behind a house and the car sped off. I stayed there trying to collect my thoughts and figure out what to do. This was before cell phones were a thing. As I was calculating the quickest way to get home the car comes back, driving on the wrong side of the road, and stops at the curb a few houses away from where I am. An older man steps out of the car and is butt naked holding a knife. He runs up and down the sidewalk looking around, then stops and listens. After a minute he lets out a scream that chills me to my core. Suddenly a porch light comes on and someone opens their front door. It was the house I was hiding at. I run to the door and burst into tears and tell the lady everything. The naked guy takes off and the police come. I tell the police office what happened and he doesn't believe me. Long story short he thinks I'm just making it up or seems annoyed by the situation or something. I got the F home and never ever stayed out after that. I've posted on here before about something that happened a few years ago. Long story short, I was walking my dog at night when I saw in the forest, lit up by the orange street lamps, what looked like a deer standing up, but when I looked at its head, I couldn't understand its face. As in, its head or face was sort of shrouded in darkness, as if my mind couldn't comprehend what it was seeing. Strange, but explainable. Last night, years after that encounter, nothing strange had happened up to now. I was sleeping, my bedroom situated facing the road, with my windows open. I am normally a deep sleeper, but I woke up to the loud sound of bird noises. At first I thought nothing of it, simply birds calling in the middle of the night. But over time, I noticed something. It's hard to describe, but it sounded as if about every five seconds or so, there would be a different bird call. And the calls weren't different sounds, as in, certain birds make different pitched noises, or hoot, etc. Instead, it was the same whistling noise, not like a whistle blowing, 
but instead like the noise a songbird would sing, but in different arrangements, for an hour straight. It was very loud, loud enough that I covered my head with two pillows, and was still woken. It was just repeating the same 50 different calls or so in the same order. It was as if one type of bird was imitating the different calls it heard over and over in the same order. The noise was about 25 feet away, coming from the thicket next to my house. There was no sound but the calling noise. No crickets chirped, no frogs called. Hell, no cars drove through the neighborhood. I also faintly remember the smell of rotten eggs, but this may have been a trick my panicked mind played on me. Eventually it stopped and I fell back asleep, terrified. I had kept my eyes tight shut. I woke up again about 15 minutes later, hearing the sound seemingly further away, down the street, but again in the same exact order. Then later through the night, I heard the noise again, either in the same spot as before and louder, or right outside my window. I faced away from the window and kept my eyes shut, horrified but in such a tired state that I simply stayed put, not able to think of anything else. What the F was that? Does anyone have an explanation for this? I know my description may sound strange, but it's hard to put in words. All I know for sure was that it was not natural. This wasn't a bird, or crickets, or a frog, no. It was something else. I am an avid hiker in East Tennessee and I've hiked most of the trails in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I've had many wild boar encounters. I'm not easily spooked nor do I feel uneasy being alone in the woods, but I will admit that one incident left me feeling a bit weird. I was hiking a trail in the mountains near Tremont, Tennessee in July of 2019. It was an unusually warm morning and the wind was blowing. I could tell the storm was coming but I thought I could get a 10 mile hike in before it got here. The trail I was hiking was steep and there was a good sized creek I would have to cross that was about knee deep. I was keeping a close eye on the weather and making good time. At about 3 quarters of a mile from my turnaround point, I heard brush breaking above me on the side of the mountain. It sounded like more than one of something or someone was walking not running. I stopped to listen but the wind picked up so I couldn't hear anything. When the wind died down I heard brush breaking again. The side of the mountain was covered with rhododendron so I couldn't see more than 30 yards up the mountainside. The wind picked up again and I headed on thinking it was probably a bear, a hog, a deer, or maybe even a person. But by the time I reached the turnaround and started back down the trail, the weather was getting worse. When I reached the spot where I had heard the brush breaking earlier I heard what sounded like people talking gibberish. I thought, okay, it was people breaking brush on the mountainside. That's no big deal. I've heard this gibberish before and most times I will eventually meet with a group of people somewhere on the trail. But as I came around the bend in the trail where my mind said I should have seen people there was no one there. I stopped again to listen. The wind began to pick up but I could faintly hear the gibberish. I waited a minute for the wind to die down and when I did I could hear the gibberish much clearer. It was like listening to a conversation that was just far enough away not to be able to make out the words, but it was close enough that I felt like I should have been able to. I was puzzled. At the point where I turned around, 
There was an unmaintained trail that goes to an old fire tower site. I thought maybe someone had tried to follow it and gotten turned around. Most people go there in the winter months because it's so overgrown. I thought that maybe I should yell at them to let them know where the trail was. This entire time the wind was gusting in my face. If I yelled at that point no one would hear me anyway, so I waited for a break. When I could hear the gibberish again, I yelled, hey. The second I did that the gibberish stopped. The distance I was covering was 10 yards up and down the trail. I was facing up the mountainside with my right up the trail and my left down the trail. There was a small creek behind me that was little more than a trickle and as soon as the gibberish stopped I heard movement to my right up the mountainside. I moved in that direction looking up the hill. I was thinking I should bark like a dog. I've done this many times while hiking and it has always successfully scared the crap out of people. As soon as I did I heard something to my left. Something was coming through the tree canopy and a rock landed in the creek behind me. I could hear more than one of whoever or whatever was moving above me. That rock made me mad and I thought that these knuckleheads were throwing rocks at me. I moved down the trail to where the rock landed. The water was still muddy. I picked up the rock and threw it back yelling, stop throwing rocks at me. I was looking up the hillside to my right near where I had just been. I heard a whistle and I quickly ran back over to try to catch the culprit. The brush right above where I had just been standing exploded with a loud crash. I turned and ran back in that direction. As soon as I did something loud crashed through the brush to my right and around the bend. From where I was something had crossed the trail from the creek and was headed up the mountainside. I ran up the trail as fast as I could to try to see what it was but I wasn't fast enough. I couldn't see any tracks but the hillside was alive with activity. The brush was breaking like crazy and I could tell it was moving. I've always thought that if I ever come across something I couldn't explain or see I would try and track it down but that was not the case. I didn't want to follow this thing nor could I have kept up with it if I had wanted to. I remember standing there thinking that I had just been played. I didn't know which way was up. For a moment something inside me said that I should move on down the trail. So I did and from then on I didn't see anything. So I guess it could have been people. But I guess I'll never know. But whatever it was it could whistle and throw rocks. Every time I'm hiking alone now and I hear the gibberish ahead of me, I think about that incident and I think to myself here we go again. Then one day I was talking to an old timer who told me that the gibberish and rock throwing was the wild men, namely Bigfoot. I never wanted to believe in the phenomenon and I had never seen any indication that Bigfoot existed previously. Now, I'm not sure what to believe. It was during a five to six day long backpacking trip I did with the Boy Scouts in the Sierras. We were a few days in and stopped at a big lake. While we were setting up camp some older looking dude, probably early to late forties, and a girl, 19 to 22 maybe, showed up and started setting up their camp as well. While the boys and I were fishing we overhear our scoutmaster talking to the two individuals about smellables foods and stuff that attract bears, as they seem to be pretty unaware as what counts as a smellable. The next day we got up early and broke down camp and made our way to the top of some mountain. While we were setting up camp at the end of the day, 
Our scoutmaster got kind of worried because the other two backpackers never showed up, or passed us. At the end of the trip, we stopped at the ranger station and our scoutmaster asked about the duo. The ranger said there weren't any people matching their description in the books. We were kind of weirded out by this and concluded that what we saw were the ghosts of two backpackers that got mauled by a bear, and was a great story to tell the new scouts for a while. On Wednesday, October 12, 2005, our neighbor's dogs were very active, barking throughout the night. The next morning, around 5.30 am, my own dog was barking in the backyard. I opened the door to calm her down and heard something at the back of our property near the fruit trees. It produced a heavy sound, and I could hear branches breaking as it departed. The following morning, at around 8.30, my husband went to his truck in the backyard and heard something behind our shop take off running. Initially, he thought it was a hunter and rushed to the back to listen. He described the sound as if it were on two feet, noting that it was Tom running heavily through the woods, accompanied by snorting. On Sunday, October 16th, I went for a walk around the neighborhood road and discovered several sets of large and small bare footprints on the gray slate road in front of our house. Initially mistaking one set for a child's footprint, a closer inspection revealed two sets. The largest measured 13 and a half by 7 inches, while the smaller print measured 9 by 4 inches. I took pictures of all the prints and measured each one, consistently finding the same size. The large print was about 3 inches wider than my husband's foot, and he's a rather big man. Several friends and I had pooled our resources to purchase 120 acres of cutover forest land, completely surrounded by several thousand acres of timber company land. This piece of land was situated at the end of a small valley and at the far end of a dead-end road. On my portion of the land, there was a small rise in the northern half of the valley, and I was in the process of building a shack for hunting and camping. One night, around 8 p.m., while working inside with the light from my lantern, I decided to step outside on the deck for a cigarette. As soon as I lit my lighter, a roaring crackling scream emanated from the slope of the ridge to the south, approximately 300 yards away but directly in my line of sight. I was too startled to do anything but stay rooted to the spot, feeling the hair stand up on the back of my neck, something that hadn't happened to me in years. Although the scream lasted only a couple of seconds, it seemed to go on for a very long time. Due to the cloudy and dark conditions, I ran inside for a flashlight, all the while wishing I had brought my rifle inside from the truck. With a flashlight and a hatchet, I headed for the truck, only to find that the truck itself seemed to be moving. In the bed of the truck, I discovered my German Shepherd, whom I had forgotten about, curled in a tight ball in the corner and shaking so hard that he was moving the whole truck. We left immediately. Several nights later, one of the friends who had initially laughed at me when I told the story came out to see how I was progressing with the shack. He laughed even more at the extra lanterns I had placed inside and outside, as well as the pistol and shotgun lying on the table. When we stepped out onto the lit deck, almost immediately, the same grating scream came from exactly the same spot on the south ridge. In a flash, 
My friend stood back to back with me as we stared out into the dark. Since the dog was not with us, and because we were armed and had good flashlights, we stayed there for about two more hours but heard nothing else. I was certainly glad to have a witness this time. Several weeks later, my friend and I encountered another property owner and were sharing this story with him. I noticed him becoming a bit pale, and he finally told us that he had been burning piles of deadfall on his part of the property that abuts the south ridge. While walking back and forth to the stream to get water to put out several fires, he heard something walking around him in the woods. Initially assuming it was a deer or maybe a bear, after listening for a while, he decided it sounded like a two-legged creature. Believing it was one of us trying to play a joke on him, he continued putting out his fires while listening to whatever it was making a circle around him. However, when it moved away from him, he began to smell a terrible odor that scared him so badly he got in his truck and left, ignoring his still smoldering fires. I cannot say what it was that we heard or what the other man had smelled, but I have heard several kinds of big cats, bears, howler monkeys, and other large animals in my years of hunting and in the army, and I have never heard anything that sounded remotely like what was heard on those two nights. I recently watched your video on YouTube about the men in black. Back around 2018 my mother and I were riding along a two-lane country road in Leon County, Florida. It was an older road, where the lane dividers had all but faded and just large enough to let cars pass each other without getting into a wreck. There was a lot of overgrowth and trees with moss on each side of the road. As we drove we passed a clearing where you could see a large barbed wire fence and a small runway for an airplane. There was a black car parked with two men in the front seat sitting perfectly still. They both wore black suits, ties, and brimmed hats. As we passed and stared, they did not move an inch. A few moments later as we were driving along down the road their car suddenly appeared behind us. It startled both of us because we were watching for anything weird after passing them. After that, I don't remember anything else. I've tried to talk to my mother but she gets teary-eyed and says she doesn't remember what happened after they popped up behind us. The second incident occurred when I was older and had my first apartment. I had gotten a puppy and was still trying to house train her. Every night around 2 am. She would wake up and cry to go outside. I normally got up and took the trash down to the bin as I walked the puppy. For whatever reason, this night she didn't wake me up. At around 3 am. I woke up to the sound of someone knocking on my door. After checking the peephole and opening the door I decided to ignore it. 15 minutes later the puppy was barking to go out. I got up, grabbed the trash, and took her outside with me. As we got to the dumpster I saw the same car with two guys sitting in it as before on the country road. Because of the knocking on the door, I grabbed my pistol and tucked it into my shorts. As soon as I made eye contact with one of them, they began to get out of the car. I dropped the trash bag, picked up the puppy, and started to backpedal to the apartment slowly. They both got out of the car and started walking towards me. As I started to grab my pistol with my free hand, they both stopped moving entirely. They didn't even blink. We all stood there for a second before I decided to run. I made it back up the stairs and didn't see them again for a long while. 
Periodically as I'm driving to town, or going out to dinner I will see that same car with those same two people in it. They never do anything and haven't tried to approach me since the night at the apartment. What I would like to ask is, should I be concerned? Is this something I should be worried about? Should I take proactive measures? Why would they follow me? Last night I fell asleep to the sounds of birds that I do not normally hear around here. I live in Virginia near the Blue Ridge in a small town. I have a good amount of woods outside of my house and some pretty quiet neighbors, aside from their children. The birds sounded different last night and I think it might be a migration or something causing it, but they sounded unlike any bird to come through my area before so I thought I might add that as a strange factor. This morning, like most mornings, I woke up and went outside to feel the ground on my feet and look for any cool mushrooms that appear in the moss overnight. Today there were none. I am outside right now listening to get a better description. First I heard what I would describe as possibly a baby fox, instead of short cries though, it was more of a very long hollow wail, this didn't bother me much. The other noise first started when I walked back up the steps to the porch. I promise him being honest, it was like three big farts. It was very close to me when I walked to the door, so close that I didn't want to stay and listen. Now it sounds like it's getting further away. I would describe it as a low-pitched raspy moan. That's probably all for now, I can't hear it anymore but I thought it was interesting and I have never heard anything like that before. I'll update if it actually turns out to be something strange. On August 27, 2016, my 10-year-old grandson was sitting in a car at a restaurant parking lot, waiting for his paternal grandmother across the street on a sidewalk. He noticed a large creature, which, from talking with him, I determined to be 7 to 8 feet tall. It was walking on two legs toward a wooded area at the end of a sidewalk and disappeared into some brush. The creature did not appear concerned about my grandson, as it was in no hurry. When I asked him about what he had seen, he described a classic canine-type dogman with red eyes. His distance from the creature was approximately 30 feet. Dolly's city is semi-rural with many pockets of woodlands and some tracts of forest. The area where he saw the creature has paved roads and sidewalks lined with areas of trees. This is a true story and I've been kind of obsessing over WTF happened out there. I'll try to keep it as brief as possible without leaving out key details. I grew up deep in the mountains of Shoshone County, an hour from a grocery store. The wilderness is my peace and my home. But these woods, they are evil and I never should have came to Washington. My wife's uncle, Jay, bought some land just north of Spokane, Washington with a friend of the family. K. They got it at a significant discount because a nearby aluminum smelter had polluted the ground and it was impossible to use the water beneath the ground. They had set up two plots and each had a camper to live in. Jay had been progressively getting paranoid and saying people were stalking him and watching him in the trees. About three months into living there a man wandering through the woods there had an interaction with Jay and ended up attacking him and breaking his jaw. 
Upon being arrested the man said he was overcome with the desire to see if he could kill him with a single punch. Two months later Jay was murdered in his sleep on the couch in his camper. Kay found him and immediately ran as far away until he stopped to call the police. There was sufficient evidence of who did it and they quickly caught the killer who was a 19-year-old boy who said he simply wanted his bike. He beat him to death with a power tool that was lying on his floor nearby, completely bashed his brains in. Kay was completely terrified at all times to be there alone. He had moved in with a family member until eight months later he ended up with nowhere else to go and had to return. In constant fear he finally convinced my pregnant wife and I to come stay with him. The second I turned off the highway onto the property I was overcame with dread. There were at least 250 crows covering the dirt road up to the property. I didn't sleep whatsoever the first night. I stared into the forest searching for the cause of my intense fear. The energy of this place was so uncomfortable and I assumed it was simply just knowing Uncle Jay was killed here. Even the days were eerie, never did I have a moment where I didn't feel watched here. My wife and I always had the sense of fear especially after dark. Things sort of normalized for a while until one day Kay began puking and feeling very lightheaded all the time. I took him to the hospital and they said he was fine, probably a flu. At this point it was the anniversary of Jay's murder. Three days after the date of Jay's death Kay comes running out of his camper screaming I can't breath. Waking my wife and I up and we run out to see what's wrong. Kay had gotten into his car and floored it crashing into a nearby tree. I run up and peer through the window to see the most intense and most primal fear I've ever seen in someone's eyes. He was gasping and clutching his chest. Moments later he breathed out one last time and he was dead. We gave him CPR for 30 minutes until EMS arrived. On July 10th, one year and three days after moving there with Jay and they were both dead. Now it's only me and the wife alone on the property. Every moment living in fear and not understanding what had happened here. I don't know why we didn't leave right away. One day I come out to get fresh water from a drum we kept for water to smell the worst smell I'd ever smelled. The water container had a one-inch opening on top, and inside the water was bits and pieces of chipmunks. Like spines and heads. They didn't fall in, something ripped them apart before putting them inside. The nights were getting worse and worse. I never saw anything other than shadows messing with my eyes I was nearly always filled with unease and intense fear. Fear in the woods, even at night is new for me. We all get a little spooked in the thick of the wilderness in pure darkness, but compared to my home this wasn't even a wilderness. The snapping of branches and pine needles crunching underfoot haunted my every night. The screeching owls loved to chime in right at the height of anxiety. My nights were spent peering into the pines. Watching, always waiting for whatever evil to present itself. I knew it was out there and it wanted me to know it too. One night my wife and I return home to having the worst feeling I've ever felt, every second driving up the long dirt road increased my anxiety tenfold. Something bad was ahead, and it was clear. The thick fog shrouded the pines. If it wasn't for the glimmer of the full moon it would have been pitch black. Everything looked different, although it was right where we left it nothing seemed in place. Looking around I suddenly see this orange long-haired manged cat sitting on a stump. This cat's eyes were so intense. Fiery, 
almost glowing but not quite. That cat, in my mind was the embodiment of pure evil. I saw darkness in its soul. We start hearing branches snapping, pine needles crunching, seemingly from every direction, the brush was swaying back and forth clearly indicating something was running within. Here I am still staring at this cat almost frozen in fear. Suddenly a voice breaks out echoing throughout the forest. Hello? Is anyone out here? A little girl I thought, but something was off. My gaze finally breaks with the cat and my eyes dart towards the road. My wife yells back. Hello? Are you okay? Anybody? The voice had changed. Help, help me. It was the same person or thing yelling, but as if it was trying to disguise its voice. We yell back several times without response somebody f help me. The most intense shriking, evil sounding voice of a woman it cut deep into my body. I'm filled with more intense fear than I can ever describe, but my wife, she is overcome with the need to find this person, and she started to head off into the forest without a word. I grabbed her by the arm and tell her something isn't right, why won't she respond to us? She tries to break free for me to go off alone. I tell her to get into the truck and I'll grab the spotlights we aren't going on foot. We roll the windows down and shine my intensely bright LED lights throughout the forest. We slowly creep down the road yelling back. As we get further down the road the voice strikes out please, won't anyone foo hash king help. Sounds are difficult to pin down in the woods but this one was very close. I hit the brakes and stop immediately, we shine the lights and yell back searching. No sign of anyone when suddenly the voice explodes into the cabin of the vehicle as if they were standing right outside my window help. Me. Somebody help. Leaving my ears hurting and ringing. I hit the gas and didn't look back. Called the police when I hit the highway and afterwards they said there was no one around. I picked up our stuff the next day and my wife gave birth the following day. We never stayed there again after the baby was born. What the hell could do these things? I never even believed in paranormal things before but I don't know what else happened. Edit. We had all been blood tested while living there as well as no toxic metal levels on either autopsy reports. As simple as it seems nobody had any poisoning whatsoever. In 1953, the encounter I'd like to share is not my own but that of my mother. She used to tell me stories when I was young about strange things she had experienced in her lifetime. I remembered this dogman type of encounter while listening to many dogman shows on YouTube. There's not particularly a lot of detail to this encounter, but what you might find interesting is the location. The sighting took place in Sacramento, California, around 1953, not too far from our state's capital. Using Google Maps to get an approximate location and lay of the land, I could see the sighting area was about a thousand feet to the west and perpendicular to the American River. Across the river from the east bank, it's only about another 2,000 feet east to the state capital. So, this took place fairly close to a heavily populated area. My mother states that when she was about 12 years old, she was lying on the couch watching television. That's when she noticed a scary dog face looking at her through a low-pane window. The window was either on or by the door, I am unclear on this fact. 
In any event, she said the head must have been about two to two and a half feet above the ground. She covered her face in fright with her pillow. After a minute or so, she snuck a peek, figuring she must be imagining things. The face she saw was gone, and she felt a little better. Then she noticed it was now looking through another higher window. Its head was about four to four and a half feet above the ground, according to her recollection. There was nothing outside that window for a dog to stand on, and at that point, she just ran to another room in terror. She doesn't really recall what happened after that. She describes the animal as being dark gray with glowing red eyes, seemingly panting or baring its teeth. She didn't see the body but had the impression that it was thin. Unfortunately, she doesn't recall the time of day, month, or season. My parents tell me there's likely some American Indian burial grounds in the area as there had been excavations near the river which yielded Native American arrowheads and other artifacts. I even asked my mother if there were cornfields around the area since that has been mentioned in past encounters. She said only the small patch of corn stalks in their backyard. I don't think that qualifies. The area around my grandparents' house was not really wooded. The neighborhood was mostly just large fields with a few horses and some cattle. The areas around the river are wooded now, though, and were probably a lot more so in 1953 than it is today. Another paranormal story about this area is that, on a Monster Quest episode detailing the Mothman, someone supposedly was taking dusk or night shot pictures of the Tower Bridge in 2009 and happened to see a flying humanoid shape or something off the bridge. Okay so, this is back when I was in grade 1 so I was probably around 6. I'm 19 now. I lived in a ratty old trailer park in a small town, and this one trailer, had a lot of bad stuff happen while I was in there, which I blame on whatever the hell was in there before us. I really don't know where to start, I'm no writer but I just want to get this out. So I don't have many memories from this place, mostly just pictures, but they're all bad, very very bad. My parents were both heavy alcoholics, they kept each other going. My mother was working at some place where they sell or rent RVs, and my dad was one of those mechanics who would work for whoever paid him. So they had money to drink pretty much every day. I knew once one of them walked in with a few cases of beer, it was time to disappear. Anyways I'm rambling, the point is once people drank in that trailer, they'd transform. Anger. Screaming. Every form of abuse. One night I'm laying in bed, asleep facing the wall, and I feel a hard slap right on my back. From what I remember I turned around terrified, and looked under the bed, then ran to my parents' room and told them what happened. But my mom says she's never ever heard a child scream like I did. They ran in my room and turned on the light and I was freaking right out. From what she made out from my blubbering was that something hit me. They lift up my shirt, and what else do they see but a huge red hand print, right on my back. They moved me to their room, and I slept with them until I was about 10. Never ever slept facing the wall until I was about 17. It's funny too because my mom says she was talking to my auntie on the couch there before or after this event, and my auntie was facing the hallway, mom's back to the hall. 
She says my auntie looked toward the hall while they were talking, and her face turned white. My mom turned around, didn't see nothing, and asked Annie what she's seen. My auntie had to calm down a bit before she told my mom. She had seen what? Looked like a little old lady, around four foot, and some kind of sheet or cloak over it walked from my parents' room towards my room. But there was a tail dragging out from behind it. They were dead sober this day. In this house I've gotten asthma, and sent to the hospital with a combo of chicken pox and pneumonia, went deaf. This house was just awful. Moved out with my mom when I was maybe eight, happened to drive past there one day to see it getting demolished. I'm just wondering what happened there before we moved in, or why or how that thing ended up in there. That place was old. Just happy that thing didn't follow us. Just about 15 or 20 minutes ago, at the time of typing this, my wife and I were leaving our friend's house when we saw what we thought was our friend's mother twisting and making unnatural body movements. She was wearing the same clothes we saw her wearing less than an hour before, had the same hair dye, and looked almost exactly the same in the face, but something was uncanny. As we approached, the awkward inhuman movement stopped, and they took a fighting stance and froze, still with a look on their face, both filled with hate and completely emotionless at the same time. I almost rolled my window down and said something to them, thinking it was her, right before I realized something was off. They stared at us, and I said hesitantly to my wife, that's Wendy, our friend's mom. My wife replied with, no, that's not Wendy. We were both unsure and couldn't decide if that was her or not. It looked exactly like her, but something was off, and we couldn't put our finger on it. For about 10 or so seconds, we all sat frozen, and it felt as if they were in the car with us. We have tinted windows, but they were looking right at us and did not break eye contact. It was a very intense, uneasy feeling that my wife and I both experienced. I realized I could drive away and did so. By the time I got to the next stop sign, a half block down the road, I looked in the rearview mirror and saw they were now walking towards our car, due south, whereas when we first encountered them, they were heading due north. Seeing them in my rearview mirror heading toward the car, I quickly turned the corner and took off. We called our friend and asked him if he would check on his mother. He misunderstood, and he and his mother went to check to make sure that none of the cars at the house had been broken into. So we know that wasn't her out there. All of this took place about 2 to 4 blocks from my friend's house at about 12.30 am. Didn't happen while hiking, but I used to drive late at night a lot. One night my friend and I decided to visit some ghost towns, it was about 3 hour drive to this abandoned town. It was around 1 am, we are driving down this two lane highway, one lane each direction with no median just a double solid yellow line, no car in sight for miles and all of a sudden we see something in the middle of our lane with red liquid all over the pavement. Not too crazy as there are wild animals. As we approach the headlights illuminate human flesh, no hands, no legs, no head just a torso and a shit ton of blood. My heart immediately started racing and fear took over my body. We phoned the police as we sped away, 
didn't want to be close to the scene because we had this fear whoever did that was still in the area. We still did our ghost town hunt to prove to each other we were macho enough and on the way back, now around 8am the whole road was blocked off and the police forced us to take a detour around the blocked off section of highway. I looked up all the news outlets for a couple weeks hoping they would cover what happened but unfortunately there was no report. Two thousand four, I think, wasn't actually hiking, but was setting up camp at night in order to prepare for hiking the next morning. Girlfriend and I had a favorite spot that we knew very well, quite well enough to drive up that evening after I got off work and set up by lantern, campfire, and headlight of the truck and planned to do an extensive hike at sunrise. We set the tent up and dropped our chairs and basics by headlight and then with flashlights. We started to hunker around the area that we normally camped at, so that we could bundle up wood and get enough going to get us through the night until we could collect more the following day. I honestly don't think I've ever heard a scream that was so alarming in my entire life. I heard her let out a screech and I immediately called to ask if she was okay. This area is absolutely not outside of the realm of possibilities for anything from bears to mountain lions, and she just yelled back for me to come quick. I could see her flashlight in the opposite direction as she was waving it back and forth and signaling for me to come to her. I ran to where she was standing and up on the side of a massive ponderosa pine tree was a large iguana that was fixed to the bark of the tree with nails and screws. The center of it had been slit open and the belly cavity was empty. It was like it had been hollowed out and just screwed to this tree. The thing was super crispy and mostly sun-dried, so you could tell it had been there for a bit but it was an incredibly off-putting sight. We talked it over and summed it up to kids being creeps. When we got up the next day and went about making breakfast and gathering more wood, we revisited the site and there were odd piles of rocks that were placed strategically around the tree. Obviously staged. It honestly looked like something out of some Blair Witch kind of stuff and so we summed it up to kids just being mega creeps. The part that was a bit haunting though, was the fact that we lived in the southwest US and while reptiles are common. Wild iguanas are absolutely not. Also, the spot that we camped at was several hours outside of any town and was a place that others camped, but was far from a developed campsite. This was why we went there, because we almost never ran into other people. Someone from a surrounding town, took that iguana up into the woods, eviscerated it, and stuck it to a tree then piled up rocks in some mock ceremony and the whole vibe was just kinda messed. I'll never forget how she sounded when she let out that yell though. Pure panic mode. My boyfriend and I were snowshoeing out from a lake, the crisp winter air biting at our faces. As we trudged through the snow, I turned around to hand him the ice fishing sled, my headlamp illuminating the snowy path behind us. That's when it happened, my headlamp caught a pair of eyes moving across the frozen lake, right where we had just been. I froze, staring at the eyes as they glided silently in the darkness. Did you see that? I asked my boyfriend, my voice barely above a whisper. He turned and looked just in time to witness a second set of eyes darting by, swift and mysterious. We were lucky, we were almost out, just half a mile left to go. Still, 
The sight of those eyes sent a chill down my spine. I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched, and a sense of unease settled over me. Instinctively, I found myself constantly looking over my shoulder, the beam of my headlamp cutting through the shadows. As we continued our journey, I couldn't help but clutch the knife in my pocket, a small comfort against the unknown. The wilderness, blanketed in snow, seemed to hold secrets, and the eyes in the darkness left an indelible mark on that winter night. The half-mile felt longer than ever, each step echoing in the silent landscape as we hurried to escape the enigmatic presence that lingered on the frozen lake behind us. I'm not a late-night hiker, if that's a real thing, but me and my friend did bite off more than we could chew on a normal hike. It was winter and we thought we could go around this big lake. Problem was the snow had blown across the trail and progress was slow. Nightfall came long before we were done the lake and we had to walk three hours or so in the dark. Walking in the winter at night was not a great time and we certainly didn't expect to see someone walking towards the lake and away from the parking lot at that time. But that's what we saw. A guy walked past us towards the depths of the forest dragging a large suitcase on the ground. We wondered if it was a body he was taking there, but it was winter so he wouldn't have been able to bury it. In any case we were too tired and stoned to stop him and happily just didn't interact with him. Still it was creepy. Went hiking down an old railway that was in the woods behind my hometown. Had been playing there since I was little and sometimes the place got creepy but nothing ever really happened. Until one night I went for a walk around 1am, was just having a nice stroll and a cigarette, enjoying the silence. When suddenly I couldn't move, it was like I was frozen in terror. It was th most scared I have ever been in my entire life, I hadn't seen or heard anything weird. But it was like my whole being was screaming that I was in danger, I just stood for a good two minutes, trying to not have a meltdown. I eventually was able to put one foot in front of the other and began very quickly walking down the tracks to the next trail back to town. That's when I looked to my right down the slope of the tracks and saw something. I saw what looked like a very tall person, completely jet black. It glided alongside me in the direction I was going, it moved very slowly and had no impact on the brush around it. I stopped to make sure it wasn't my shadow but it kept moving up ahead of me. Completely silent, it moved about 20 feet ahead of me and slowly started coming up the hill and onto the tracks. Once on the tracks it walked straight for a bit then slowly made its way down the left side and into the brush. To this day, the strangest thing about the entire experience was how as soon as it went back down into the woods all those feelings of terror left me immediately. I still knew what I had seen and felt, but it all seemed so long ago. It was so strange that during my walk home, I tried to make myself that scared again by thinking about what had just happened. Normally when you get a scare it lingers, but this left me so quickly, as soon as it left I was back to casually walking down the track. Even when I passed the area where it went into the wood I felt no fear or tension. I have been back there many times, I have been skydiving. Went to haunted buildings and woods and I have never come close to experiencing that horrible paralyzing fear again. Even when I tell this story, I remember it clear as day, 
yet I feel nothing but curiosity. Anyway, that's my story. Sorry friends, I'm not a writer so it may be a bit of a hard read. Anyone else ever come across something like this? Last summer I went camping near a big lake, not too far from my house. We were five friends, all having fun that night, maybe someone drank too much. Late in the evening, around midnight, I got out of my sleeping bag because I was unable to sleep well, it was almost 30. I took my torch with me and started walking towards the lake, which was about 40 meters away from the camp. As I was walking I saw something chilling, handprints in the sand. Handprints, and not a single footprint, as if someone had walked from the shore into the nearby bushes on their hands. That scared me the f out, went back into the tent and didn't sleep. I didn't mention it to my friends but I probably should have. It's not me, it's my brother's little friend. This happened a few years ago, we were kids and I think I was in my last year of middle school when it happened. Usually, my brother's friend comes to our house to play on the PlayStation 2 with my brother, because back then online gaming wasn't a thing yet and we were one of the few people in the neighborhood who had won, we were the hangout house, lol, the most introverted family in this neighborhood. So, we hear the prayer time call, the night prayers, Muslims pray five times and this is the call to know when it's time to do so, Islamic call to prayer, and we realized how late it was, by children's standard anyways. The masjid was right by our house, just a building away and next to a very busy grocery shop, but for some reason, neither my brother nor his friends wanted to go, and I didn't want them to go either. It just felt wrong. The neighborhood just felt wrong at that time for some reason and none of us knew why. Being kids, we were all creeped out and I told him to go to his home instead and I'd watch him go home for as much as possible until he was out of my view. The kid left, I'd watch until he reached a corner and then I went inside and locked the door. Next thing we knew, my dad ran inside the house and picked some stuff and left again in a car, police sirens filled the whole neighborhood and this is a desert community, so you hear everything at night like an echo. The sirens were literally two corners away from our house, but luckily the opposite direction of my friend's house. My mom came out and sat outside of the house as well waiting for my father and probably other women did the same thing. Dad came back home and said that someone who was coming back from prayers found a dead body. Literally two corners away from our house, in the sandy area, Imagine instead of grasslands, it's sandlands. The police were locking the place up with the help of the rest of the man present, not that anyone wanted to. It's a peaceful town, everyone knew each other and they knew the dead guy. The next day, the kids back all quiet like, they start playing on the PlayStation again, and after a while, he said, someone was following me, even when I took a few corners, so I ran home. Living in this very old house has been a strange experience for all of us. When we first moved in, the walls were adorned with pictures of deities, a peculiar choice by the previous owner. From the beginning, an unsettling feeling lingered in the air, though my father seemed impervious to it. 
Unlike the rest of us, he dismissed the unease, attributing it to mere superstition. The feeling of something amiss intensified as time passed. Sickness became a frequent visitor in our home, and my brother and sister began to share unsettling encounters with a mysterious figure lurking in the corners. My sister, already frail in terms of health, seemed to bear the brunt of whatever presence lingered within the walls. Her health had been a concern for many years, and the atmosphere in the house only seemed to exacerbate her condition. Despite our shared experiences, my father remained steadfast in his disbelief in spirits and ghosts. He adamantly refused to entertain the idea of moving to a newer, less eerie dwelling. Our efforts to work hard and change our circumstances seemed futile, as if an invisible force resisted any positive change. Nights became a source of fear for all of us. An unspoken tension hung in the air, leading to frequent, unexplained arguments among family members. Even though I maintained a skeptical stance on the supernatural, the stories recounted by my brother, his wife, my mother, and my sister were undeniably unsettling. It became increasingly difficult to dismiss their experiences as mere figments of imagination. The question of what could be done lingered in the air, a silent plea for resolution. Yet, my father's steadfast disbelief posed a significant obstacle. As the inexplicable occurrences continued to affect our lives, the desire for a fresh start in a new, unhaunted home grew stronger. The challenge remained in finding a way to bridge the gap between our shared experiences and my father's skepticism, seeking a resolution that would bring peace to our uneasy household. Due to some trauma, nightmares aren't out of the norm for me. That being said, this one really has me feeling weird. I, 21 female, went to sleep pretty early last night, around 8, woke up around 11 before going back to sleep again, and that's when the nightmare began. In the nightmare, I was in my room. I didn't see or hear anything, but I got the sense that there was something in the room with me. I started saying that whatever was there needed to get out and it wasn't welcome. That's when my body started acting weird. The best way I can describe it is like paralysis was slowly coming over my body. I started not being able to move my hands and arms, then my hands got pressed together by the wrists. Then my legs gave out. I tried to scream, but all that came out was whimpers. Suddenly, I was moved onto my bed, and when I looked to the side of my bed, that's when I saw him. He had to be standing at about 6 to 7 feet tall. He wore a nice suit with a jacket and a hat. Low key, the fit was giving Oppenheimer. I know most people describe him as black and shadowy, but this figure had a face. The hat covered his eyes, but I could see his nose and jaw. I'm not great at describing faces, but his jawline was very defined. By the time I saw him, I couldn't move. He stood above me for a moment, eyeing me, his head tilting to the side at one point, as if he was curious or looking me over. I don't know, but he took one step toward me, and the next thing I know, I'm gasping for air and jumping away. I quickly turned on the lights and just sat for a minute. I tried telling myself it was just a dream and not as bad as some of the PTSD dreams I have. It didn't make the uneasy feeling go away. I eventually did go to sleep and had more nightmares, 
but I didn't see him in any of the others. You tell me if you think it was the hat man or just a bad dream. That being said, though, if it was the hat man, what does this mean for me? The first experience that happened to me was in August 1997. I was 29 years old and I was in a city neighboring my Pilatas, where I stayed for five months, and returned to my Rio Grande, Brazil. It was during the night, I was in the room with my children, when I woke up and saw everything around me. I was being carried on a matte gray metal stretcher that was floating and it had three grays, which nowadays I know who they are, but at that time, I hadn't even heard of them. They were, one on the foot of the stretcher, one on the right side of the legs, and the other in the back opening a portal on the wall on the left side of the hallway of my house. When I realized what was happening I entered in shock and I was deleting slowly. When I woke up I was in my bed with my whole body numb as if there was energy going through me. And it was very real because the exit of the room and the maneuver they were doing in the hallway to get into the wall, the light of the hallway the walls were all real. The experiments followed on the following nights when I felt like being lifted up at high speed watching the body lift, feeling the wind, and the force of gravity in the body. When I realized what was happening I began to observe everything, but for some reason, halfway through this experience, I fainted like I was being sedated. And hours later I always woke up with a lot of vibrations going through my body. My other experience occurred in June 2021 in Rio Grande. The last contact was in my room and it was a tall gray. I was awake when I felt a presence in the room, looked all around, and didn't see anything. Suddenly it came over my head put its hands around and squeezed so hard, that it started hurting. I looked up and saw its face above mine. I stayed quiet, just watching everything. It began to cover my head, face, and the rest of my body with an energy that looked like a thick, matte jelly. I thought I wouldn't breathe but I could breathe normally, only the vision became blurry. My body vibrated very strongly and I thought several times, be for the good. When my body was completely covered with energy like a pot I decided to move my arms and energy accompanied my movements. I put my hands up and touched its arms and hands and felt its skin. It was moist, and grey with a little dark skin pigment like a dolphin, fine arms, and fingers. The moment I touched it, I felt such pure love for it. The connection shut down and it disappeared. I kept my body vibrating for a few minutes. I thought it was amazing what happened. It was an unforgettable experience. Lately, I've dreamed a lot about ships arriving here on Earth, and with strange beings. They are friendly, and I'm very happy to be with them. I don't see the time for this to be real on the physical level. But I believe it's almost time. I just really wanted to tell this, to those who believe in this alien experience stuff. But since I couldn't prove it for a long time I stayed quiet. Maybe with hypnosis, I could understand what happened to me. I know I'm way too late, and this story will probably get lost, but a few years ago, around 11 PM, I was out walking my dogs. I lived right near a few cemeteries, and that night, I happened to pass by one of them. As I strolled along, something caught my eye, 
strange orb-like things were circling around inside the cemetery. At first, I thought they might be torches, but there was no one around. The eerie sight gave me an uneasy feeling, making me quicken my pace. A different experience unfolded during the day when I decided to walk through the same cemetery. As I wandered among the headstones, I caught a glimpse of a little boy behind one of them. A chill ran down my spine, and I couldn't shake off the feeling of being watched. Creeped out, I started to run away, but curiosity got the better of me. I couldn't resist glancing back to see if the boy was still there. To my surprise, he had completely disappeared. The headstone stood alone, and the feeling of unease lingered. It was one of those moments that leaves you questioning what you saw, wondering if the supernatural had briefly crossed paths with the mundane. Even now, the memory sends shivers down my spine, and I can't help but feel a sense of mystery surrounding that old cemetery. Okay, here we go. I've had a few unexplained experiences but this one was about an angel. It was the summer of 2017. I was in a really bad time in my life and had recently broken up with my girlfriend. Another girlfriend had just passed on a few years before that. I was horribly depressed even at a gathering of friends at the night spot where we gathered on Thursdays. So I sat out front on the sidewalk and had like a comatose posturing deal going on just crying and crying for like 30 minutes straight. Friends came and went to check up and stuff, but a totally weird thing happened after about 45 minutes of going over the past few years in my head, how horrible everything was. Out of nowhere a lady touched me on my shoulder and said, can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? My first thought was please don't be another Christian who wants to pray for me, but I responded, to help me not mess up my life? I was bitter and angry. Then things got weird. We kept talking, you know, and she's like, so I just got a feeling passing by, the West Oaks Mall, Ocoee, Florida, and she said, I had the random urge to drive right up here, into this parking lot, and walk right up to you. Weird, right? But then she starts talking about life and how she broke her rib and how she's learned so much about life through the injury. Then this lady says that she was divinely gifted and that the creator was talking through her. I just didn't quite understand why I continued to talk to her, but I felt compelled to listen. So, eventually, she says, your name is Adam, right? Just like, total eyebrow, look over the shoulder moment. I'm like, uh, yeah? And I look around to see if my friends put her up to all this, but they were still inside. She continues, saying, you are going to change this world. You are going to use your gifts and talents, to bring true joy, progress and change to this world. I kind of marvel at this statement and she assures me again it is not her speaking but the creator speaking through her. She mentioned a few other events in my life, that I can't quite recall, but they were very personal things that she would have never known otherwise. I begged her for a human name and she finally gave one. She said her name was, Natalie. My heart and soul were broken open like a walnut by this experience, and I never saw her again. She did offer to buy me dinner, but I felt like I was in the presence of an angel or a higher force and couldn't lie, so I insisted on revealing I had just eaten before we met. 
It was indeed a spiritual experience. I am grateful for this angel rescuing me during a moment of absolute despair. Not long after my encounter with the angel, I met a wonderful girl who was quite in tune with the paranormal and unexplained phenomena. I truly believe that she was sent to me after my angel encounter. I will admit that after talking to the angel I went home, lay in bed, and asked that I meet a wonderful woman whom I could learn to trust and love. It seems that my wishes were answered.